0: What is Statical Significance? Statical Significance refers to the claim that a set of observed data are not the result of chance but can instead be attributed to a specific cause. Statical Significance is important for academic disciplines or practitioners that rely heavily on analyzing data and research such as economics, finance, investing, medicine, physics and biology. Statical Significance can be considered strong or weak when analyzing a dataset and doing the necessary test to discern whether one or more variables have an effect on an outcome. Strong statistical significance helps support the fact that the results are real and not caused by luck or chance. Simply stated, if a p-value is small then the result is considered more reliable. Key takeaways Statical significance refers to the claim that a result from data generated by testing or experimentation is likely to be attributable to a specific cause. A high degree of uh, statical significance indicates that an observed relationship is unlikely to be due to chance. The calculation of statical significance is subject to a certain degree of error. Statical significance can be misinterpreted when researchers do not use language carefully in reporting their results. Several types of significance tests are used depending on the research being conducted. Problems arise in tests of statistical significance because researchers are usually working with samples of larger populations and not the populations themselves. As a result, the samples must be representative of the population. So, the data contained in the sample must not be biased in any way. In most sciences, including economics, a result may be considered statically significant if it has a confidence level of 95% understanding uh, statical significance. The calculation of statical significance is subject to a certain degree of error. Even if data appear to have a strong relationship, researchers must account for the possibility that an apparent correlation arose due to random chance or a sampling error. Sample size is an important component of statistical significance in that larger samples are less prone to flukes. Only randomly chosen representative samples should be used in significance testing. The level at which one can accept whether an event is statically significant is known as the uh, significance level. Researchers use a measurement known as the p-value to determine statical significance. If the p-value falls below the significance level, then the result is statically significant. The p-value is a function of the means and standard deviations of the data samples. The p-value indicates the probability under which the given statical result occurred assuming chance alone is responsible for the result. If this probability is small, then the researcher can conclude that some other factor could be responsible for the observed data. The opposite of the significance level calculated at as 1 minus the significance level is the confidence level. It indicates the degree of confidence that the statical result did not occur by chance or by sampling error. The customary confidence level in many statical results is 95% leading to a customary significance level or p-value of 5%. Special Consideration Statical uh, significance does not always indicate practical significance, meaning the result uh, cannot be applied to real-world business situations in addition, statistical significance can be misinterpreted when researchers do not use language carefully in reporting their result. The fact that a result is statically significant does not imply that it is not the result of chance, just that it is less likely to be the case. Just because two data series hold a strong correlation, when one another does not employ causation for example a number of movies in which the actor Nicolas Cage star in a given year is highly correlated with the number of accidental drowning in swimming pools but this correlation is spurious since there is no theoretical cause claim that can be made another problem that may arise when statistical significance is that past data and the result from that data Whether statically significant or not may not reflect ongoing or future conditions. In investing, this may manifest itself in a pricing model breaking down during times of financial crisis as correlations change and variables do not interact as usual. Statical significance can also help an investor discern whether one asset pricing model is better than other. Type of Statical Significance Test Several types of sig- uh, significance tests are used depending on the research being conducted. For example, test can be employed for one, two or more data samples of various sizes, for averages, variances, proportions, paired or unpaired data and or different data distributions. There are also different approaches to significance testing depending on the type of data that is available. Ronald Fisher is credited with formulating one of the most flexible approaches as well as setting the f- norm for significance as p less than 0.05 because most of the work can be done after the data have already been collected. This method remains popular for short term or ad hoc research project. Seeking to build on Fisher's method, Jerzy Neyman and Egon Pearson ended up developing an alternative approach this method requires more work to be done before the data are collected but it allows researchers to design their study in a way that controls the probability of reaching false conclusions null hypothesis testing Statical significance is used in null hypothesis testing where researchers attempt to support their theories by rejecting other explanations. Although the method is sometimes misunderstood, it remains the most popular method of data testing in medicine psychology and other fields. The most common null hypothesis is that the parameter in question is equal to zero. If researchers reject the null hypothesis with the confidence of 95% or better, they can claim that an observed relationship is statically significant. Null hypothesis can also be tested for the equality of effect for two or more alternative treatment. Contrary to popular misconception, a high level of statical significance cannot be proved that a hypothesis is true or false. In reality, statical significance measures the likelihood that an observed outcome would have occurred assuming that the null hypothesis is true rejection of the null hypothesis even if a very high degree of statical significance can never prove something can only add support to an existing hypothesis on the other hand failure to reject a null hypothesis is often grounds to dismiss a hypothesis additionally an effect can be statically significant but have only a few uh, very small impact for example it may be statically significant that companies that use two-ply toilet paper in their bathroom have more productive employees but the improvement in the absolute productivity of each worker is likely to be what are degrees of freedom Degrees of freedom refer to the maximum number of logically independent value which are values that have the freedom to vary in the data sample. Once the degrees of freedom quantity have been selected, specific data sample items must, must be chosen if there is an outstanding requirement of the data sample. Key takeaways. Degree of freedom refer to the maximum number of logically independent value which are values that have a freedom to vary in the data sample. Degrees of freedom is calculated by subtracting 1 from the number of items within the data sample. Degrees of freedom are commonly discussed in relation to various forms of hypothesis testing in statics such as chi-square. Calculating degrees of freedom is key when trying to understand the importance of a chi-square static and the validity of the null hypothesis. Degrees of freedom can also describe business situations where management must made a decision that dictates the outcome of another variable. Understanding degrees of freedom. Degrees of freedom are the number of independent variables that can be estimated in a statical analysis. These variables are without constraint. Although the values do impose restriction on other variables if the data set is to comply with estimate parameters. Within a set data, data set some initial numbers can be chosen at random however if the data set must add up to a specific sum or mean for example the number in the data set is constrained to evaluate the values of all other values in a data set then meet the set requirement examples of degrees of freedom the easiest way to understand degrees of freedom conceptually is through several examples example one consider a data sample consisting of five positive integer the value of the five integer must have an average of six. If four of the items within the data set are 3, 8, 5, 4, the fifth number must be 10 because the first four numbers can be chosen at random. The degrees of freedom is four. Example two: Consider a data sample consisting of five positive integers. The value could be any number with no known relationship between them, because all five number can be chosen at random with no, uh, no limitations. The degree of freedom is four. Example 3. Consider a data sample consisting of one integer. That integer must be odd because there are constraints on the single item within the data set the degree of freedom is 0. Degree of freedom formula. For example, imagine a task of selecting 10 baseball players whose betting average must average uh, to 0.250. The total number of players that will make up our data set is the sample size, so n is equal to 10. In this example, 9 baseball players can be theoretically be picked at random with the 10th baseball player having to have a specific batting average to adhere to the 0.250 batting average constraint. Some calculations of degrees of freedom with multiple number of parameters or relationship use the formula df is equal to n minus p where p is the number of different parameters or relationships for example, in a 2 sample t-test, n-2 is used because there are two parameters to estimate. Theory of Degree of Freedom The earliest and most basic concept of degrees of freedom was noted in the early 1800s. Intervened in the works of mathematician and astronomer, Carl Fringed Gauss, the modern usage and understanding of the term were expounded upon first by William Seeley, Lay, and english statistician in his article the probable error of a mean published in geometrica in 1908 under a pen name to preserve his his anonymity in his writings gossett did not specifically use the term degree of freedom he did however give an explanation for the concept throughout the course of developing what would eventually be known as students t distribution the actual term was not made popular until 1922 English biologist and statistician Ronald Fisher began using the term degree of freedom when he started publishing reports and data on his work developing chi-squares. Chi-square test degree of freedom are commonly discussed in relation to various forms of hypothesis testing in static, such as the chi-square. It is essentially to calculate degrees of freedom when trying to understand the importance of chi-square static and the validity of the null hypothesis. There are two different kinds of chi-square test. The test of independence, which asks a question of relationship, such as is there a relationship between gender and set scores, and the goodness of fit test, which asks something like if a coin is tossed 100 times, will it come up head 50, t- 50 times and tail 50 times. For these tests, degree of freedom are utilized to determine if a certain null hypothesis can be rejected based on the total number of variables and sample within the experiment. For example, when considering students and course choice, a sample size of 30 or 40 student is likely not large enough to generate significant data. Getting the same same and similar result from the study using a sample size of 400 or 500 student is more valid. T-Test To perform a t-test, you must calculate for the value of t for the sample and compare it to a critical value. The critical value will vary and you can determine the correct critical value by using a data set t distribution with the correct degree of freedom. Set with lower degrees of freedom have a higher probability of extreme value while higher degrees of freedom will be much closer to a normal distribution curve. This is because smaller sample sizes with will correspond with smaller degrees of freedom which will result in fatter t distribution tail. In the examples above, many of the situations may be used as a one-sample t-test. For instance, example 1 where 5 values are selected but must add up to a specific average can be defined as a one-sample t-test. This is because there is only one constraint being placed on the variable. Application of degrees of freedom. In static, degrees of free defines the shape of the t-distribution used in t-test when calculating the p-value. Depending on the sample size, different degrees of freedom will display different t-distribution. Calculating degrees of freedom is also critical when trying to understand the importance of the chi square static and the validity of the null hypothesis. Degrees of freedom also and conceptual application outside of statics. As a business is faced with making decisions, one choice may affect the result of another variable. Consider a company deciding on how much raw materials to purchase as part of its manufacturing process. The company has two items within, the, within this data set the amount of raw materials to acquire and the total cost of the raw, raw materials. The company freely decides one of the two items, but their choice will dictate the outcome of the other. By citing the amount of raw materials to acquire, the company does not have a C in the total amount spent. By citing the total amount to spend, the company may be limited in the amount of raw materials it can acquire. Because it can only freely choose one of the two. It has one degree of freedom in this situation. How do you determine degrees of freedom when determining the means of a set of data degrees of freedom is calculated as the number of items within a set minus one this is because all items within that set can be randomly selected until there is one item remaining. that can item that one item must confirm to a given average. what does degrees of freedom tell you degrees of freedom tell you how many units within can be selected without constraint to still abide by a given rule overseeing the set for example consider a set of five items that add to an average value of 20 degrees of freedom tell you how many of the items can be randomly selected before constraint must be put in place in this example once the first four items are picked you no longer have liberty to randomly select a data point because you must force balance to the given average is the degree of freedom always one? Degrees of freedom is always the number of units within a given set minus one. It is because minus one, it is always minus one because there is there are parameters placed on the data set. The last data item must be very specific to make sure all other points confirm to that outcome. The bottom line. Some statistical analysis processes may call for an indication on the number of independent values that can vary within an analysis to still meet constrained requirements. This indication is the degrees of freedom, the number of units in a sample size that can choose at random before a specific value must be picked.